It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Tuesday morning at Wax. Good morning, chore time here at the Shank of the Day. Bob and Joe with you as we take a look at the news in the world of agriculture. We have a new Allison Dairyland, and Jill, uh, the young lady's name is? Ashley Hagnow. She's from, oh, where is she from? Down around the southern part Down of the south. state. Uh, she was a state officer, right? She was a state officer back in the, I think it was 2018, 2019. Yeah, she'll be there. graduating uh, any day now from the University of Minnesota. You might recognize her dad's name if you're in the dairy industry. Bob Hagenow has been very, very involved in the dairy industry in Wisconsin. You see him down at Dairy Expo helping in the show ring, and Ashley went through in communications and uh, dairy science. So she will be our new Alice as of about July 5th. Taylor Schaefer has another month and a half or so before she gives up her crown as Alice in Dairyland. So We'll hear from Ashley a little bit later on this morning. And uh, some of the news, did you watch the Brewer game last night? It was a nail-biter. I did not watch the Brewer game. Uh, it's a good thing. They lost 18-1. to 1. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, boy, they can give up home runs. And they can, oh, boy, that was ugly. They always have one game like that during the year. Unfortunately, this year it was against St. Louis. And 18-1, to 1, something like a football score on one side than the other's. All right, planning progress is continuing around Wisconsin and around the country. We'll give you some of those numbers. We'll get, we'll dive more deeply into that for tomorrow morning. But uh, the planning report is out, and we'll uh, take a look at what's going on in Wisconsin. The calf herd now at the Welke Land and Cattle Company is up to fifty. We had one last Friday, and we had one yesterday. So Delora. Finally had our Leanne. Our Leanne. For our friends over at Channel 13, Leanne does the morning show over there, and uh, Jill named a calf after Leanne, <laughs> so I'm sure she'll be busting her buttons over the, her new namesake. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well, and uh, of course, the Brewers, uh, New Alice, and uh, Supreme Court, probably the biggest story is the fact that the Supreme Court took action on California's Proposition 12 having to do with the hog industry. We'll talk about that. we got a lot to do this morning, including some pretty nice planning weather, at least today and tomorrow. Then Thursday, I think it's going to slow down a little bit. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, today, a lot like yesterday, about 80 degrees and sunny. So the wheels will be turning today again. Tomorrow, not bad, partly sunny, high in the low 70s. Then on Thursday and Friday, it looks like some rain. Thursday, could be some storms mixed into that, and it's going to cool off by Friday. It'll only be in the, well, low to mid-60s. And then uh, Saturday and Sunday, it should be in the 70s, partly sunny again. It's 53 degrees right now. If you're going out riding today, again, be careful. You get on the roads. There's a lot of farm equipment out on the roads especially on, uh, you know, the county highways, the town roads, things like that. So uh, be careful. Give them time. Give them distance. Don't be uh, in that big a hurry. You swing around them to the left, and all of a sudden you're in the ditch because that's the same way that big piece of equipment was going. So, again, let's take our time, and everybody be safe. Hey, it's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's get some of the news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. 
President Biden will sit down with congressional leaders later today to resume talks about the debt limit and avoiding default. Trey Thomas reports. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says the White House isn't talking seriously about a deal. I still think we're far apart. Uh, it doesn't seem to me that they want to It just seems that they want to look like they're in a meeting, but they're not, they're not talking anything serious. The U.S. could be unable to pay its bills and default on its debt as soon as June 1st if Congress doesn't act. Republicans are demanding deep spending cuts in exchange for their votes to increase the nation's borrowing limit. I'm Trey Thomas. Congressman Jerry Connolly confirming that two members of his staff were attacked by a person with a baseball bat on Monday. The Virginia Democrat said on Twitter that the individual entered his district office, asked for Connolly, and then proceeded to attack the staff members. A person is in custody and the two victims were taken to an area hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Connolly said he has the best team in Congress, and it's devastating that someone would commit an act of violence against them. Elon Musk is being subpoenaed as part of the lawsuit in the U.S. Virgin Islands accusing J.P. Morgan Chase of enabling sexual abuse by Jeffrey Epstein. Brian Shook fills us in. According to Reuters, the subpoena is seeking all communications between Musk and Epstein, stating that Epstein may have referred to the Tesla and SpaceX CEO to the bank. The subpoena also reportedly requests documents from Musk about Epstein's involvement in human trafficking. The lawsuit filed by the Virgin Islands claims J.P. Morgan Chase knowingly benefited from alleged sexual abuse by Epstein on a private island he owned on the territory. I'm Brian Shook. And consumer debt hit a record high of more than $17 trillion in the first quarter of 2023. Figures from the New York Federal Reserve show the total for borrowing across all categories rose nearly $150 billion during the period from January to March. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, another day a lot like yesterday. 80 degrees in sun, down to 46 tonight. Tomorrow, partly sunny. High of 71, and it looks like Thursday we're going to see some rain. Some storms could be involved in that on Thursday. High of 74, 63 with a chance of a little more rain on Friday. Then partly sunny over Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, 70s to upper 80s, or upper 60s, I'm sorry, upper 60s as we get into Monday. But again, 80 and Sunday, it is going to be a dandy. Rice Lake 54, it's 51 in Medford. 57 at Wausau, Marshfield, across at 52, it's 56 in Green Bay, Madison, Sun Prairie, for whatever reason, they're only 48 this morning, Milwaukee is 59, and here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area right now, very nice, 53 degrees, we'll go up to about 80 today. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And coming up in June, we'll be over there at Tahazica's True Value in Stanley. I don't have, I think about June 12th. I don't know what a sta- Saturday is, but big, uh, big deal going on over at Huzzica's that day. And we invite you in to stop in and see us and say hello. Well, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our markets again this morning. And Jill, where are we at with the livestock? Choice fed beef steers are 167 and 178 with mixed at 166 and down. Choice fed Holstein heifers are 168 to 182 with mixed at 167 and down. Choice fed Holstein steers are 143 to 159 with select and silage fed steers 120 to 142. Cows are 80 to 99 with a top of 130. Bulls are 91 to 122. Butcher hogs are 35 to 80. Sows are 15 to 22 with boars at 8 to 14. 
Fed market lambs are 135 to 160 with feeder lambs at 110 to 235. Ewes are 42 to 115. Small goats are 110 and down. Medium goats are 50 to 240. Large goats are 165 to 440 with nanny goats at 230 and down. At the Mercantile Exchange, mostly higher in the livestock. The only uh, hitch here, June live cattle closed 164.32. That was down 7 cents. Then we were higher across the board. August live cattle, 162.75, up 30 cents. October at 167.12, up 97. December at 171.25, also up 97. Feeder cattle were higher across the board. Uh, August, 231.05, that was up 207. September at 233.85, up $1.87. October at 235.77, up 162. In November, feeder cattle. Two thirty six fifteen up a dollar thirty. Hogs were higher across the board. June eighty six fifteen up a half a dollar. July at eighty seven fifty that was up. Or excuse me, reading the wrong numbers here. June hogs eighty six fifteen that was up two o five. July eighty seven fifty up two seventeen. August at eighty seven seventy two up a dollar sixty five. And October hogs at seventy nine ten up a dollar sixty seven. Board of Trade, corn and beans were higher on uh, bullish corn inspections and uh, stronger bean meal demand. But uh, overnight, prices went down. July corn down 2 to 3 cents at 5.89 this morning. Oats down a fraction of 3.40. July wheat down 3 at 6.57. July soybeans down 3 at 13.97. And soybean meal down $1.80 a ton at $429.10. And these dairy markets continue to struggle. Barrel cheese down a cent and a half to one forty-seven and a half. Blocks fell six cents yesterday to a dollar forty-seven. Butter was up three and three quarters to two forty-three and three quarters. May class three now at sixteen twenty-two down three. June sixteen forty-one down sixteen. July down fifteen at seventeen thirty-one. August down thirteen at eighteen ten. September down seventeen at eighteen seventy-five. That's the way the markets look. We have a new Alice in Dairyland, Ashley Hagenel from down in the Poinette area. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit about her from Saturday night as uh, she was crowned Saturday night down in Walworth County. We'll hear from our new Alice in Dairyland. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The wait is finally over. Your 76th Alice in Dairyland is Ashley Hagenow of Poinette, Wisconsin. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I caught up with Ashley fresh off of the announcement at the Grand Geneva Resort in Lake Geneva in Walworth County. She tells me what her first thoughts are as she comes off the stage. I can't even describe in words what I'm feeling. It's all kind of a blur right now, but what I'm most feeling right now is excitement. This process from start to finish as a top candidate to finals and now being selected as Wisconsin's 76th Alice in Dairyland has been nothing short of exciting from the moment that we started preliminary interviews to the press briefing, learning who was all running for this position and all that this process would entail to now being in the finals, being here in Walworth County, getting to experience the diversity of Wisconsin agriculture, especially here in Walworth County, has 
been nothing short of amazing and looking forward to the year ahead, I am just so excited to continue sharing the stories of our state's farmers and processors as well as our consumers with all of Wisconsin and I'm sure it's going to be a great year with lots of fun memories. For those who haven't had the chance to meet you yet, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yes, so my name is Ashley Hagenow and my journey in agriculture began at a young age in 4-H and FFA where I exhibited various livestock species across the state of Wisconsin, gained public speaking and educational skills through dairy cattle judging and serving as a Wisconsin FFA state officer and all along the way made lifelong connections with friends and mentors in this wonderful industry of agriculture. And my love for agriculture then led to my attending the University of Minnesota where I will graduate very shortly with a degree in agricultural communication and marketing. And all along the way I've been involved in organizations such as the Gopher Dairy Club, the National Agri-Marketing Association, and serving as a student worker. And I've also held various internships including experiences with Progressive Dairy and World Dairy Expo which have allowed me to gain storytelling skills that we use quite often in agriculture and highlight the importance of the people that make Wisconsin agriculture possible. So along the way has been my love for the Alice and Dairyland program and I am so excited to now step into this role as Wisconsin's 76th Alice and Dairyland to share more about Wisconsin's abundant and diverse agricultural industry. And Ashley, I don't think any job interview can prepare you for how rigorous the interview is for Alice in Dairyland. (laughs) Can you tell us about the process beginning from when you were selected as a top candidate back in March? Yes. So this whole process began right here in Walworth County just a few months ago when all of us as the six top candidates gathered here to learn more about what the top candidate process entails and the journey to becoming Alice in Dairyland. So since that press briefing back in March, we have conducted various marketing and communications trainings each week on Mondays at 1145 to learn all about the different facets of Wisconsin agriculture, ranging from cranberries and ginseng to corn, potatoes, dairy, and so much more. And this whole process has prepared us to step foot into Walworth County for the Alice and Dairyland finals, as well as a few assignments we have completed that relate to the different components that we are evaluated on as top candidates. And again, that's Ashley Hagenow from down the Poinet area, our 76th Alice in Dairyland, and it sounds like they got another good one. And Jill, 2024, the finals will be? In Door County. All right. I don't know if they've ever been in Door County before, but uh, that's where they will be. And of course, it's always in May. It's changed over the last few years. Now, the current Alice will go through June Dairy Month because it used to be they'd Throw the new Alice right into June Dairy Month, and it was kind of unfair. She didn't even know what her job was yet. So this way, they'll be able to train. And Taylor Schaefer will be our outgoing Alice, and she'll be around for the uh, dairy breakfast this year. But Ashley Hagen, I'll point at our new Alice in Dairyland. We've got other farm news to look at on WAC. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Now, we looked it up. As far as Door County next year for the Alice Finals, that uh, Joe was telling me that's not on the news release for announcing our new Alice. That's on the Door County activities Correct. page. Correct. I just read the news release that announced Ashley Hagnow as the 76th Alice in Dairyland. And I just, I used my friend Google. Mm-hmm. And this came from DoorCountyDailyNews.com. All right. So 2024 Door County, according to Door County. And Northside Elevator bringing us some of our farm news this morning. Before you get to that, what are the prices today at Northside? 
well and loyal. The corn is at 572 with soybeans at 1361. And in Arcadia, corn's at 578 with soybeans at 1370. And the Supreme Court is at it again. One of the most, I don't know, the Supreme Court is in the news, not necessarily for the right reasons, but again, they've got a, a job to do. What's uh, one of the latest decisions they've made, Jill? California's Proposition 12 last week. With a 5-4 to four vote, Supreme Court justices voted to support the law. In a nutshell, the law forbids the sale of pork in California unless it is raised under humane conditions, specifically in at least a 24-square-foot area for each animal. California produces only about 1% of the pork in the United States, but consumes about 13%. So in order to provide Californians with the amount of pork they are accustomed to eating, pork producers across the nation will have to adjust their feeding facilities to meet the Proposition 12 law. The National Pork Producers Council and the American Farm Bureau Federation challenged the law with the support from various business groups. A major concern is having a state regulating activity beyond its borders. Producers of other agricultural products, including those dairy products, are watching other laws that are proposed at state levels that have the possibility of influencing their production methods. All right, so that is a major decision. We've been waiting for that from the Supreme Court for a long time, and they've upheld Proposition 12. But again, the deal is, concern is, can one state make a decision that affects agricultural production in every other state in the Union? And, of course, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But that's from the Supreme Court. And it doesn't come from any higher court than that. So uh, interesting stuff is what's going on over there. All right. Other things coming up. We're going to talk about, uh, and I'm going to listen to this, turf grass, raising good turf grass. I need some help with my grass. So uh, we'll hear from Doug Soldat, who is the Department of Horticulture down at the UW-Madison. A lot of cities are having no mow may. That's a... for pollinator habitat, which was their decision to have, but uh, my lawn got yellow enough, and I started mowing it yesterday, and we'll keep mowing it, but uh, there are enough other dandelions around. I don't need to feed them as well. All right, uh, coming up, we'll hear a little bit on turf grass right here on Wax. 53 degrees, 80, and sunny today. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Wisconsin lawns are finally starting to show some color and some weeds and some bare spots. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. It has been a trying spring for lawn owners and for those that research lawns. Doug Soldat is one of those University Extension lawn specialists, turf grass specialists, and I chatted with him about some of the questions that they're fielding after a very long winter. Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's certainly been one of the weirdest. We're I, we're kind of getting used to these warmer springs and everything starts early, and this year it's like whoa, it's just not coming. So I actually appreciate it because the the semester is still going and and usually this is our busiest time but you know i just came here from the research center we're just starting to get some of our trials out which is about two weeks later than than normal so it's definitely been uh been the theme what what other things have you noticed as far as research one thing that you and i've talked about from time to time uh snow mold explain for people what snow mold is and why we're still even talking about it in may 
Right. Snow mold is it's actually a group of, of fungus that will chew on turf grass leaves. Generally, they don't kill. They'll just turn the leaves all brown and, and really sets things back. And the amount of snow you have, the soil temperatures, all these factors that are somewhat difficult to predict uh, influence how much snow mold you get. This is one of the worst years we've seen in a long time for snow mold damage on lawns. So people are worried about, oh, my lawn is completely brown or is it all dead? And no, snow mold is just bad. So it's going to take take some time and warmer temperatures for those new leaves to grow through, but you should be completely fine. All right. Well, that's good news and what would otherwise be kind of a worrisome trend. Let's talk about trends. What kind of research are you guys going to be looking at uh, this year at uh, the the research station? Uh, What uh, catches your minds? What kind of questions aside from snow mold have you been handling, Doug? Yeah, we've been doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, This year is no different. We have about 20 or 30 different trials, different grass cultivars. So one of the ones uh, that that we're excited about is uh, a grass that's Roundup resistant. So we see we're common, we're used to seeing that in agriculture, where you can use Roundup to kill all the weeds, but not that plant, which has been uh, uh, bred to be tolerant of it. Um, and so now there's Roundup ready uh, lawns. So you can use Roundup on your lawn if you have the right grass. And then the other way would be uh, encouraging growth that might be friendly pollinators. Yeah, absolutely. So on the other end of the spectrum is this uh, movement to have a more diverse lawn. And so we've been doing a lot of work with uh, growing white clover along with Kentucky bluegrass, which if you go back to you look at what Scott sold in the 1930s, they were selling white clover and Kentucky bluegrass. And then we stopped doing that for a while. Uh, turns out those are two good partners and you can have a pretty nice looking traditional lawn of Kentucky bluegrass and white clover. Uh, the clover provides nitrogen to the lawn. It has these uh, blossoms that the bees love. So, um, you know, we're kind of going back to the way we used to do things in that regard. Well, like you said, this is still something the industry is paying attention to. What direction are we going to go? We, we were talking about no mo may. That's something that was a real catchphrase for a lot of people. And there is actually research being done to try to figure out is that really a viable way to support our natural pollinators yeah so pollinators are in decline worldwide we don't there's many reasons we don't we don't have a firm grasp on it but the more uh, pollen or, or nectar we can provide to those pollinators in the spring, the better. So that's the that's the overall concept behind it. Now, the question is, what's the best way to do that? Should you not mow for the entire month of May? Or how I feel is that you can mow higher, more high and less frequently so that those blooms for things like dandelion and uh, clover can balloon below that cutting height. They're still be there for the bees to get. Um, but then you don't have to deal with, you know, eight inches of, of hay to mow off on June 1st. Let's talk a little bit more about those mowing practices, fertilizing practices, because I think some people are concerned if I make a bad move early on in the month of May, I'm going to suffer for it for the rest of the summer. Give them some tips, Doug, on, you know, if I've already mowed, for example, and I didn't leave it very high, am I doing damage that I'm not going to recover from? And like you said, this weather is still a little iffy out there, depending on where you are. So give me some tips on how I can get started on the right foot. Yeah, you bet. So, you know, if you, if you just heard this, he said, oh, I should raise my mowing height. Is like, no, yeah, just raise your mowing height. Keep it consistent. There's... You you can move that mowing height around no problem. The, the most important thing that you should be doing right now is uh, getting a sharp blade on your mower. That's that's even more imp- important than 
uh, fertilization, for example. So you, you want to cut with a sharp blade. Most people uh, with dull blades or lawn gets uh, the, the – they just bruise the turf and the weeds come in. The grass doesn't like to grow. You'll be amazed at how much a sharp mower blade makes a difference. So is it because of the way that we hack the blade if it's not sharp? I mean, that seems – I think about a dull knife on bread versus a sharp knife on bread. Bread's still kind of there, but now you're telling me we really could uh, do some damage. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if you cut your finger or something, it's, it'll heal quicker if it's a sharp cut. You know, So it's the exact same principle. If, you, if you're mowing grass with a dull blade, it, it just kind of tears the grass off. And then that wound takes longer to heal. Uh, you can get diseases that get in. So if you cut those blades with a really sharp blade, it's it's healthy. All right, I got the blade sharpened. Now let's talk about fertilization because that is something that uh, I have seen excess. I have seen none at all. Give us uh, kind of the rule of thumb on spring practices to nourish our turf. Maybe some additions on crabgrass protection or something like that. Yeah, so normally uh, with the cold spring, we usually like to separate our crabgrass and first fertilization event, which is tough because a lot of the products that you buy for crabgrass contain fertilizer. Uh, You know, not the worst thing in the world, but this year it's turning out crabgrass prevention has been pushed later. And so I think this would be one of those exceptions where you can get your crabgrass control done with your fertilization in the next week or two and be in good shape. Normally you say fertilize around um, Memorial Day. Uh, which is still a good a good rule. We don't like to see a lot of fertilizer going out in April because the grass isn't really growing yet. Right. You know, and that's something I'd, I'd like to kind of continue to dwell on. You see farmers out in fields with nurse tanks or, uh, you know, fertilizer boxes to go across 100 acres. Help people get a little bit better perspective. There's instructions and, on, and uh, manuals all around me, but sometimes I still have a tendency of shooting from the hip on lawn fertilization. Help them understand why they need to be responsible with those nutrients, especially if they're in town. Oh yeah, absolutely. So fertil- fertilization is, it's a really, uh, tricky line. I think that maybe the general, uh, assumption is that fertilization causes environmental harm. That's actually, uh, it's more complicated than that. So some fertilization, a proper amount of fertilization gives you a dense lawn, which slows down the flow of water across the surface. It prevents soil erosion and is generally, uh, you know, if you fertilize about twice a year following the bag directions, Memorial Day, Labor Day, that's kind of that sweet spot for actually enhancing environmental protection. But if you're out there uh, much more than that, um, you know, four or five times a year, uh, fertilizer on the streets and on impervious surfaces, those can end up in the lake, which we absolutely don't want them. And so we want to be very careful and responsible when we are using uh, nutrients. And that's Doug Soldat, who's a turf grass specialist at the UW-Madison. And again, I've talked to friends of mine, yeah, I fertilize every time I mow. I said, what are you doing? No, 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 no. That that much fertilizer is needed because it's uh, your grass just doesn't need it. Get some of those clippings down in there. That'll refertilize your ground. So, again, be very careful. Hey, it's almost 530 in the morning, and uh, we've got some markets. Rocky's going to join us from over at Premier Livestock in with the as we get to the market. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get to it. Courtesy of Ag Country Farm Credit Service, Rocky Olson from over at Premier Livestock joins us. And boy, I'll tell you, 
yesterday, today, their keepers weather-wise getting out looking at cattle. You better uh, savor it and then enjoy it. Yep, so like absolutely. I don't take don't take it for granted. Nope. We shouldn't do that. So with that heavy ground over there by Lublin, any much activity? Starting to, better ground starting to go yep, for good sure. Stuff. Okay, for sure. so again, be careful with machinery. All right, Monday market, how'd it go? Thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how Monday's auction shaped up uh, right at 1,100 so- head sold yesterday. Uh, markets were stronger pretty much across the board yesterday. Uh, fed cattle traded stronger. High choice and prime Holstein fed steers, 139 to 158. Select low choice, 128 to 138. Choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.68. Market cows traded stronger. High yielding cows from 95 to 116. Other cows from 80 to 94. Market bulls yielding from a dollar to a dollar twenty four organic market cows uh, mostly from a dollar fifteen to a dollar forty eight newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from one hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars per head your beef calves two hundred to six hundred today Tuesday we get our special feeder cattle auction we're expecting uh, eight to nine hundred head of livestock uh, we also have bred beef cows and a top selection of beef breeding bulls uh, like I said guys lots of registered bulls uh, we got uh, Semitals, we got some registered Herefords, got some extreme fancy Angus bulls. Uh, even if you Holstein guys are looking for some beef bulls, the, co- the selection quality is great. Um, like I said, if you're bringing bulls, you're bringing bred cows, they need to be in by 9.30 to go through the shoots this morning. Uh, pictures and details on those bulls, pedigrees, uh, that's all on our website. Uh, and like I said, all the information on the pre-consigned groups of feeder cattle as well. Tomorrow, Wednesday, dairy cattle auction. we got a top selection of fresh parlor freestall cows, many of those coming from our very best consigners. We also have a nice selection of springing heifers. Uh, all the details on our website at Premier Livestock. Auctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier, 715-229-2500. Don't forget, uh, June 16th will be our large farm machinery auction. This looks to be a very, very large auction. Uh, we are definitely filling up fast for the sale. There is uh, time to get your equipment in, uh, but not lots of time, guys. Like I said, well, we are going to get filled up soon for the sale, so if you got equipment, get it in soon. And, uh, Bob, that's the way things are shaping up here at Premier. All right, don't forget your sunglasses today. You're going to need them again. Oh, that's a good thing. I like to hear that. All right, we'll talk to you in the morning. Have a great day. There he goes. There's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock. Again, brought to you by Egg Country Farm Credit. Well, what about the weather? 80 and sunny, but what's beyond that? We'll check with Mike next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yesterday was a keeper weather-wise. I think today will be, too. As, uh, again, a lot of equipment running. Be careful out there. Mike Dandry is over in the weather room at Skywarn 13. And, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, yesterday was as good as it gets, my boy. Yes, it was. And uh, while I wasn't running farm equipment, I was running equipment of my own by power washing the deck yesterday and putting a hitch on my truck. And uh, it was just a greatest day you could ask for oh, for that. It was, and today looks like more of the same. Yeah, as I like to call it, a repeat offender, as we'll have a good bit of sunshine this afternoon and topping out around 80. Now, we'll have a cold front that starts to shift our winds out of the north. Not really looking at much in the way of clouds from that, just that wind shift out of the north and, of course, cooling us off slightly. Tonight, dipping to the mid-40s, so we may start off a little chilly tomorrow morning, but still mostly sunny and into the low 70s for tomorrow. Thursday brings chances for showers and a few storms back to the forecast. 
We'll have a partly sunny sky both for Thursday and Friday, which Friday will be cooler, only climbing to the low 60s for the most part. But that will be short-lived as we see the return of sunshine on Saturday and temperatures nearing 70 once again. Back into the mid-70s for Sunday and for Monday with a mostly sunny sky. And right now we've started off clear and a temperature of 53 degrees in Eau Claire. So that rain Thursday into Friday is going to stop us? Stop. For field work? Uh, it may just put a, a halt or a pause on it for a little bit. Okay. But uh, yeah, it looks like just a few spotty showers and storms. And uh, then going into Friday afternoon, that's where things start to wind down. And then this weekend will be more conducive to uh, starting those chores once again. All right, because we got some, some areas over there, that heavy ground in central Wisconsin's heavy ground. They're still trying to get into it. So hopefully it'll help today and tomorrow. Right. And uh, once we have this dry stretch, too, Luke Bryan says it best, you know, rain is a good thing. Yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> once we get the crop in the ground and get her growing, that is for sure. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Have a good one, Bob. There he goes. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13. And uh, that's a look at our weather. We're going to have Morgan join us to take a look at our farm news next right here on WAC. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 53 degrees, 80 in sunshine today. Everybody's going to be out enjoying it, putting in the garden or whatever. Let's go to the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us. What are you going to do later on when you get off today? Well, I'll probably pick up some compost thanks to my dogs all winter. So we'll be working on that before we get to the gardening. And uh, then it kicks it off the softball season underway. So we oh, have softball boy. practice tonight, and you know the drill. Now it's going to be some bleacher butt for mom all uh, summer long. Boy, how far and wide do they go? Because I know some of these kids that are involved, like in hockey. I mean, they go to Duluth, they go to Chicago, they go all over. The you place. know, I was talking. You don't go that far? No, we uh, we keep it pretty local. I was talking. I had an eye doctor appointment yesterday in Menominee. And yeah. We go to somebody that's local, and he said his kids are playing in a league for soccer that yeah. takes them all the way yeah. to St. Louis. So they were making some out-of-state trips. but That's why he's a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, and that's why I stick pretty close. I think Duran's about the furthest we go. We go to Panther country for the softball uh, games. Well, that's but, uh, a good thing. No out-of-state trips. We keep it pretty local. Good. Well, speaking of local, what's going on in the news? It's those 715 headlines that update us today. Good morning. Now, here's what we're learning. We can tell you the wheels of justice have moved and a gavel has dropped. 101 years in prison for the Minnesota man who dumped four dead bodies in Dunn County in 2021. You likely remember this story. And with 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster brings us from the bench. A judge in St. Paul yesterday sentenced Antoine Suggs to just over a century behind bars for the murders of the four. Police never gave a motive, but witnesses told investigators that Suggs says he snapped and shot four people. The four bodies were found in an SUV in the town of Sheridan. Police later said they were killed in Minnesota, which is why Suggs was tried in St. Paul. I'm John DeMaster. Well, there's a warning about high or very high fire danger for just about everyone north of Highway 29. The DNR yesterday issued a fire weather watch for the northern third of the state. The DNR says warm temps, dry brush, and some winds all made for dangerous combination. The DNR did ask people not to burn brush and suspend all prescribed burns until next week. Wisconsin has seen nearly 300 wildfires so far this year. While looking a little bit closer at the budget surplus, Wisconsin will have slightly less money to spend over the next two years. Legislative Fiscal Bureau yesterday said tax revenue is expected to dip by $755 million over the next two years, taking Wisconsin's record budget surplus to just under $7 billion, which is still pretty, well, financially speaking, in better shape than other states. Still, lawmakers are writing that new state budget and deciding how to spend that record budget surplus. Well, you might say in Green Bay, the peg 
went wee, wee, wee all the way home. Green Bay police had to help get a potbelly pig home after he escaped his backyard. 300-pound Elbert wandering around a Green Bay neighborhood. And after some nudging, they did lure him back in with a pack of fruit snacks. You can read the whole journey online. We'll have that link for you at 715newsroom.com. And surely you've blamed it on the dog a time or two, but probably not to this extent. A Colorado man reportedly tried to blame his dog for getting out of a DUI. Do you call that a lab cab, Mark? What do we think? Going to Colorado. Police in Springfield say the man was pulled over for speeding, but as the officer approached his vehicle, the man got out of the passenger side and claimed he wasn't driving after switching places with his dog. Authorities say the man tried to run away after the officer asked if he had been drinking, but he only got about 20 yards and was arrested. I'm Mark Mayfield. And there's plenty of tricks left in this old dog. We take it back to the barn with Bob <laughs> Bosold, Jill Welke, in your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. You know, that pig story reminds me of a guy out by Elk Mound, and people will, will know him uh, as soon as I say his name, and they'll say, oh, yeah. Donnie Sly. Oh, yeah. You know Donnie, the, but they call him the Polak. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he got married. This was years and years ago now. He got, well, he should be, better be careful here. But he got married years ago, and his okay. wife wanted a dog. He says, I'm not having a dog in the house, but you can have a pig. So he got her, and I was there when they got the little little feeder pig, got her a pig. Yeah. And they had it they had it in the house, and oh, they, yeah. they'd go on the couch, and uh it was a fact. It uh, was a centerfold for the National Enquirer. It was a big story years ago. The really? centerfold National Enquirer. Donnie and uh, oh, Noel, I believe was her name, his wife uh, out in Elk Mountain. Yeah, had this pig in the house. He didn't want a dog, but he'd have a pig. I guess that's one way for Donnie to bring home the bacon, right? Oh, boy, I guess so. A lot of it, too. It (laughs) got pretty darn big, that's for sure. But uh, (laughs) pigs make good pets, evidently. Yeah, I've heard it once or twice. Uh, Yeah, and it gives you a good reason to keep your house pig sty, I suppose. You don't have to clean the floors as much. Well, if the dogs don't work for you, there's an option. (laughs) I'll see if I can get it added to the menagerie (laughs) that we already have. All right, see you later. (laughs) You bet, Bob. We'll check on that and see how she does with that. All right, what do we got? We're almost uh, 17 minutes before 6 o'clock. We've got the other news to take a look at. The uh, corn planting in Wisconsin, we'll delve into these numbers a little deeper tomorrow, but uh, corn planting now at 33%, one-third done in Wisconsin, and uh, soybean planting 24% finished, and we'll take a look at other numbers as far as planting progress is concerned, plus a few other things to look at this morning. We'll do that. More farm news next. Some folks getting some money from the state of Wisconsin. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we do have markets. We'll go to Sparta and Stratford yet before we get done with the chores this morning. But, uh, Jill, the... Uh dairy industry getting some processor grants. What's the latest? Well, last week we talked about the Wisconsin meat processors receiving grants for this from the, from the state for expansions. This week it's the dairy processor's turn. The Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection received 38 grant requests asking for more than $1.5 million. The purpose of the grants is to improve profitability, help with innovation, and help keep Wisconsin dairy processing facilities up to date. Right now, there is $400,000 available for this year's dairy processor grants, with a maximum of $50,000 allowed for each project. Grant recipients must match at least 20% of the grant amount. Processors from our area receiving grants include O'Galley Cheese Factory Durand, Harmon Cheese Stratford, Marika Gouda, Marika House of Gouda, Eau Claire, Nasonville Dairy Marshfield, 
Weber's Farm Store from Marshfield, Westby Cooperative Creamery from Westby, and Wisconsin Whey Protein in Turtle Lake. So uh, those grants will be put into place, uh, new equipment, whatever the case may be. And uh, also, DATCAP is involved with about every commodity in the state. And they now have confirmed candidates for the Wisconsin Ginseng Board and the Wisconsin Potato Industry Board. Michael Cerny from Marathon and Robert Kildinsky from Edgar are the candidates for the Ginseng Board. Nominees for the Potato Board include from District 1, Tom Wild from Anago, District 2, Nicola Carey from Bancroft, and District 3, Heidi Randall Cambria. Growers should have received ballots in the, na- in the mail by now. And if you didn't receive a ballot and you're part of those commodities, contact Wisconsin DadCap. Growers have until June 15th to email or mail your ballot back to DadCap in Wisconsin. All right. Springtime always uh, election for commodity organizations. So, again, if you're uh, in ginseng or in the uh, potato industry, make sure you get that done as far as potatoes. 62% completed with potato planting in Wisconsin. So lots going on out there, and uh, we'll continue to, to follow the traffic. A lot of things happening. We've got uh, markets coming up. We're almost 13 minutes now before 6 o'clock at Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All righty, let's get to the markets. We will. Governor Eber is going to be in the area today along the Mississippi River. He's going to be down at Saratoga Park in Bay City down the Pepin area. Groundbreaking ceremony kicking off construction of the Mississippi River Upper Pool 4 project. The governor will be there. Speaking of governor, we were in Madison. I went to the Madison Farmer's Market down uh, on the Capitol Square. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have not. It's a Saturday event. And the nice thing about it, they keep the Capitol building open, mainly if people go and use the restrooms. But it's a public building, and we own it. So it's part of the uh, farmer's market, but it's an absolutely fantastic farmer's market. And uh, I got into that Capitol building and because I had to use the restroom. <laughs> and I hadn't been there for quite a while. And I got to thinking, how many people in Wisconsin, like up in our area, have never seen the state Capitol building? You've got to see the state capitol. It's a magnificent, magnificent building, and it really is something to see. And if you've never been down there, contact your state representative, state senator, and, uh, you know, see about going down there and getting a tour. Can't be afraid of Madison. I mean, so many people, uh, for whatever, I don't want to go to Madison. Go down the interstate, get on 151. Turn towards the Capitol and stay right there till you run into the building. It's not hard to find, believe me. But the state Capitol is a building that every person in Wisconsin should see, walk around and tour and just take a look. Magnificent, magnificent building. So, again, that's my pitch. And uh, if you want to get on there on a Saturday morning, get the farmer's market as well. But a beautiful facility, and I wanted to share that with folks. And uh, we also... Uh, Farmers Market. We have people from our area that are at the Farmers Market tomorrow mo- or Thursday morning. We'll hear from one of them from over at the Colby area. We'll uh, talk to some folks that were there. Joe, we got to get to market. We need to head to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eman. The Fed Cal selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 174 to 183. Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 158 to 173. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 150 to 165. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 148 to 155. Choice and Select Holstein Steers 137 to 147 with the unfinished steers. Heifers at every steers 136 and down. 
Cow market stronger with the high yielding cows a dollar to a dollar fifteen, topping at one twenty six. The cutters and utilities eighty four to ninety nine, with the low yielding and canner cows forty eight to eighty three cents a pound. Organic market today with the results from the May fifteenth sale, with the stronger market with the high yielding. Organic cows, 150 to 175 at the top of 177. The thin and small organic cows, 119 to 149 with the organic steers and heifers, 165 to 180. Bull market steady to stronger with most bulls bringing $1.05 to $1.20, topping at 127 with the thin, full, and bulls over a ton discount at $1.04 and down. Calves sold by the pound with a steady market with the quality Holstein bull calves bringing $1.70 to $3.20. The quality Holstein heifer calves, $0.80 cents to $1.80. The quality beef bulls, $4.10 to $5.60. The quality beef heifers, $3.75 to $5.25 with the light and pork quality calves, $0.10 to $0.80 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, May 17th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is a hut aiming to equity livestock in Sparta with this marketing update. And we thank you for your business. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, let's wrap up the markets. Head over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Well, is the ground drying out a little bit over there in that heavy country where you are? Well, yeah, Bob, good morning. Yeah, there's uh, some folks out working the fields yesterday, but again, higher fields. Uh, like you said, uh, we got very good, uh, good heavy soil over here. So the lower fields, uh, you know, and uh, but the well-drained higher fields, there's some folks out there working, good. but it's, uh, like you said before, be careful, a lot of stuff on the road. Yep, and, that's uh, for sure. Just, so anyway, uh, we'll get at her, but we need some warm days like yesterday, a lot of them put together. Well, we'll just, get uh, another one today, so hopefully that will help. But what is this doing for the sale? How'd the sale go yesterday? Uh, markets continue to be very good, uh, at least on the livestock anyway. Uh, anyway, Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Monday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the cow market. These are, of course, the regular market cows. And uh, high-yielding fleshy cows yesterday's auction selling from 94 up to a top of a dollar thirteen. Most of the cows yesterday, 73 to 93. Thinner cows, uh, these light carcass cows, 72 and below. On the uh, bull trade, better quality bulls are selling from 97 to a dollar fifteen. Lighter weight bulls, 94 and below. Calves continue to be very strong, like I keep mentioning, folks. Make sure you know what your calves are worth when you're selling them. These good 9230 pound Holstein bull calves yesterday's auction from 150 to 325, topping at 345. Heifer calves, a little better demand, uh, usually better demand for these heifers earlier in the week. Yesterday, from 40 to 135 on the heifer calves. And beef calves yesterday, also very strong, 250 to 500, up to 550 on the Black Angus uh, beef bull calves yesterday. We are at Tuesday. Our auction this morning does start at uh, 10 o'clock this morning with the hay and bedding auction. 11 o'clock will be the dairy sale today, and also... Uh, the, uh, today, our Tuesday, as part of the auction, of course, will be uh, organic market cows. That's been a very strong market also. We'll sell those today along with all organic, other organic animals, uh, organic bulls or organic fed cattle. Those will be today, Tuesday, along with the conventional market cattle to follow the organics. Don't forget, tomorrow auction does start around 10. Full marketing day, of course, on Wednesday, our feeder cattle sale will be at 12.30 tomorrow afternoon. And, folks, again, as per usual, if you got... Uh, consignments let us know we'll put them on the list for you and uh, i know bob uh, i get around uh, not as much as i used to of course but anyway uh, a lot of folks are uh, 
asking me what's causing this cheese and stuff to drop. So, I mean, what did you say this morning? A dollar forty something for dollar forty seven for barrels and blocks. Yeah, we've got uh, got a lot of milk in the country. There's a lot of milk uh, over order milk, and it's uh, cheap milk that's available. So, are they? Uh, um are, are they importing a lot of dairy products, too, do you know? Or? Well, we're importing some. We always do. I mean, that's how trade works. We've got to, we can't just sell it. We've got to buy other people's as well. So, uh, you know, it's uh, right now the, the market's not in a good place. That is for sure. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. Okay, Bob, and I'll, uh, I'll save my World Series tickets for another time. <laughs> not a bad idea. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Barn. And uh, Synergy Co-op at Ridgeland with his TYM tractors are available, bringing us to market. Yesterday, the board was higher, bullish on corn inspections and bean meal. Overnight, July corn down 2 to 3 cents at 589. Oats down a fraction at 340. July wheat down 3 at 657. Beans down 3 at 1397. And meal for July down $1.80 a ton at $429.10. Country elevator prices today, Jill. Northside Elevator Loyal Location corns at five seventy two with soybeans at thirteen sixty one, and Arcadia corns at five seventy eight with soybeans at thirteen seventy. Wheat and grain Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location corns at five sixty with soybeans at thirteen sixty one. On the DTM screen, Golden Plump corn today five ninety a bushel. Baldwin five forty eight beans thirteen forty eight. Five forty eight's the corn price in Duran. The beans thirteen forty three. Mondovi and Elmwood five fifty two in the corn thirteen forty eight in the beans. Fall Creek corn five thirty eight. Beans thirteen twenty three. Osseo corn is five sixty five. Beans thirteen forty eight. Elk Mound corn five fifty eight. Beans thirteen fifty three at Sparta five seventy four and thirteen twenty four. Ellsworth the corn is five thirty eight. Beans thirteen twenty three. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, 594, Stanley, 590, New Richmond facility, 587. Yeah, cheese prices, uh, not good. Dairy's struggling. Barrels down a cent and a half, 147 and a half. Blocks fell six to 147. Butter up three and three quarters, 243 and three quarters. May, class three, down three at 1622. June down 16 at 1641. July down 15 at 1731. August. Down 13, 18, 10, September down 17 at 18.75. Again, sunny day today. High is going to be about 80. Get out and enjoy it. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadak. On-demand content at waxradio.com. <laughs>